Hey, deadly listeners, welcome to the Indigipreneur Podcast, a show that helps you gain a better understanding of Indigenous entrepreneurship and answer all your related questions. I'm your host, Dean Foley, an Indigenous entrepreneur with over five years' experience in the field. In today's episode, we'll hear from Makani talk about soil to sales, challenges and opportunities to reach equity for Indigenous food rights and profits, which she spoke about at the First Nations Economic Forum. Thanks. Hi everyone. I'm hi everyone. I'm Latani McDonald. I'm a Wiradjuri person up from the Merriwa country, and um, I'm joining you from down on Jajarung country today. So yeah, it looks like been a great range of speakers. Um, mine's going to be short and sharp, and more reliant on. Um, your questions and ideas and experiences so i want it to be as interactive as possible and um see how we go so um my presentation i had to swap computers this morning so um, i'll just be looking at a couple of notes here and um please just jot anything down for Afterwards, I'll just be talking for five or ten minutes and really interested in hearing experiences you've had and ideas as well. So my talk today will be on um, soil to sales. So it's my experience in working in the bush foods or Indigenous food area and with some traditional owners setting funded to set up um, a self-determination business and, um, yeah, some challenges along the way and also um, how we went about addressing the, those challenges. Um, so with the, um, so I was the um, manager of the program and um, I won't be really talking about the the details, the who's, the how's, the what's. It'll be more like the process we went, I sort of developed to go through. And um, just to give you an overview of the program that we ran, so it was um, um, sort of funded um, quite well. So we were able to work with a whole range of um, sectors and the bush food, so we were looking at a, a native grass or an Indigenous grass, and that we went right from seed collecting um, through to cultivating and looking at sort of modernised growing techniques um, that would make um, seed harvesting more reliable. Um, then we're looking at new harvesting methods, seed cleaning, um, trials, um, that we were setting up with food companies. Um, and then we, I started looking into accreditation versus uh, certification. So that might be an area that a few of you are experienced in or started to look at or ask questions on as well. And then what happens when you want to bring people in or universities in to do research? So that they're the areas I'm going to cover today. Um, so um, I'd just like to see in the chat perhaps if there's anyone uh, or any groups here who are into Indigenous or bush foods in their um, 
areas and, yeah, or you know people who are interested in that. If you could just use the chat as much as possible um, and, um, yeah, there's a Q&A bar there I think as well. So um, type away and I'll, I'll ask, I'll answer or do some interaction with you as well. So the seed collecting I was doing um, with the traditional owner corporation, um, we had, I guess that's a process in itself. So actually the even though you would think um, any traditional owner on country would be able to go and collect what seed they want or need naturally, um, the um, that's not always the case unfortunately so we I asked the council permissions to collect from roadsides because the seed um, wasn't really that available like in paddocks because it's mostly farming country here so not a lot of this native grass seed in the paddocks or on and that's on a lot on public land um, but not so much on land where you can just go and collect your own seed. So um, down here, the mob I was working with um, had also developed their um, their own plan that had been approved from the Department of Land and Water to, to set out what their rights were across the country and seed collecting was one of those. So um, not saying that you have to work with council and get permissions but it's just one of those areas where if you have to go onto land where you don't have access to that was a, a tricky area um, to navigate and happy to look at other ways that you guys have um have done that um cultivating was really interesting so we were setting up sort of 20 acre uh, 50 acre sites and um we, you know, then the what you call native harvesting with with the machines, um, that's pretty limited in this country because um, of the bumpy ground or you're in a national parks or a roadside. So we decided to cultivate in, um, to plant seed into um, already cropped paddocks. So they were sort of nice and clear cleaned up and ready to plant seed into so the notion there was actually um using modern techniques as the mob talked about um being a modern people needing modern techniques to develop that uh, their own business um so we went about leasing paddocks from farmers who were cropping and working with them to um to look at cultivating and improving cultivation methods. So that was sort of the learning experience. And then after that, the goal is to um, own and crop our own um, plants. So um, that worked pretty well. There was a lot of education needed, of course, with the farmers. I picked a couple who were really um, interested in at working with local mob and not... Um, you know, not too stuck in their ways. So it was really good actually that the process of selecting farmers that were that 
just two farmers that were pretty progressive um, um, and interested in working with us to develop new methods. But the other side of you might be thinking, oh, that sounds pretty um, pretty unusual. But what happened is that we fully had contracts in place to say, well, this traditional owner um, corporation owns all the methods and techniques developed. Um, so that was really a different way of going about things. It wasn't just word of mouth and handshake. It was very much um, contracts developed to say any methods that are developed and used here are owned by this traditional owner corporation. Um, so it's sort of using the white fella ways in order to create that empowerment or self-determination business. Um, harvesting was a bit similar. So the machinery used to grow and to sow and harvest was very different to what you'd use for wheat, of course. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of shopping around to find the people to work with as well as the right machinery. Um, and then... As part of that, we employed researchers to work with. And that's where um, that was really another big test and a really big flip um, to say to a university, um, this uh, traditional owner corporation would like to contract your research services with this written contract and we will own all the output. Um, so or the traditional owner corporation would own all the output. So that took a lot for the university to um, come to terms with. They did just um, take a few months to sort through that and it actually turned out being quite fine after all. It was just very new for them. So I'd encourage anyone to look at um, the contract processes to make it so your traditional owner group or your cultural group owns the information if you need to contract a, um, a research um, university or private people. Um, so don't be afraid to do that because without that, the information just keeps getting stolen, of course. So um, those contracts work really well. The people... Um, I worked with that was a real education process for them on what does self-determination mean and why is it so important for mob um, so I don't know whether it was luck or just a good slower way of going around going about meeting up with those researchers to explain how you know the trauma and past of how things plants, animals, land had been continuously stolen um, from uh, our Indigenous peoples. So through creating that empathy um, and really deepening the understanding and connection with that traumatic past, it actually meant the um, researchers were really interested and keen to make things better and to work on this for um, the traditional owner group and not for themselves, which is very unusual for the research academics because it's usually about how many papers and all about how much they can 
um, provide for themselves. So um, the university was very that I worked with was very keen to change that model, which was great. Um, and we there were also other um, bush food projects um, and social projects that were built up with that university. Um, so that covers a bit on the research and food trials. Um, as far as developing food products with companies, um, can probably um, mention to you that Uncle Toby's was actually very keen on um, looking at Indigenous um, food plants and how they could possibly be incorporated or create totally new products. So it's, as you're probably aware, um, there's a lot of interest there in how things can be used. But the catch there was, once again, maintaining ownership. Um, so the dollars all came back to the traditional owner corporation. And that's where I was able to talk with that food company or that food processor and say, well, once again, these are all the self-determination terms and conditions we think are, like, really important if you want to deal with this um, TO corporation. And they were very um, understanding of that and basically were willing to put the, the stamp of this is um, this mob's food um, produced uh, in this food product, um, like you'd see, say, an organic label or a, uh, I guess, a heart tick kind of label, it would come, the food product developed um, down the track would come with a, this is a traditional owner um, um, produced ingredients and this is the mob and this is what they've provided and it, uh, I'll go into the accreditation kind of part of it now so uh, way back when I um, was actually with the Victorian Farmers Market um, Association and they created a really great model of accreditation so I'd encourage anyone to look at that in a lot of detail and don't be afraid to reach out to that group as well um, the Vic Farmers Market Association um, they set up a really good series of accreditations for and they have members um, and a way of tracing and tracking and proving that a food and a product comes from a producer. And so to me, that's probably the easiest model to um, set up with your mob or group to create that identity and um, practice of saying, well, this food product has been developed or could be any product. This product has been developed by this mob and here's our accreditation uh, stamp of approval um, that goes with those ingredients or products. So, um, yeah, certification, I guess I've been involved in organic, in the organic sector a lot and certification is a much longer process and a lot more involved. And as a lot of you would know, that certification, it might be a bit down the track and on its way, but the easiest way to kind of get in and create um, 
systems where you can ensure the dollars come back to your mob, I think is accreditation. And there's a lot of good work being done on um, IP um, by Terry Jenke and many others on how to make sure that IP as well as the dollars come back to community. So I guess that's where I'd like to end on. And, um, yeah, it's pretty quite crowd out there. Um, no questions at the moment, but feel free to type them in. Um, so nice and short and sharp for me, um, just looking at that, bush food or Indigenous food model to look at self-determination and the importance of taking time with the people that you want to work with and walking in those two worlds so you can create that respect and back it up with the contracts to really um, make sure you, that the um, other people you're working with can respect um, your mob and how to work with you in a in a contract kind of way. So um, yeah, it's more or less using the white fellow ways to affirm your your own business that you're developing. So I'll leave it there. And thanks for the opportunity to present. Um, happy for anyone to contact me. My um, email address I'll provide. It's just info at gmail.com and happy to help out anyone along the way. Um, yeah, feel free to get in touch. So thanks, Dean, and um, have a great conference and we'll talk again down the track.